there's a better way because it embraces cultural differences. It embraces different backgrounds. It embraces and, and it creates a safe environment so people can contribute their best to an organization, which does converts or transforms into a continuous improvement culture, which drives results, right? And your culture is really a KPA that will give you your KPI at the end of the day. Welcome to There's a Better Way, a podcast series focused on exploring how operational excellence principles can provide solutions in your personal and professional life. Each episode, Dr. Arvind Chandrasekharan, professor and academic director at The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business, will sit down with a prominent expert or faculty leader to discuss problems we face in our world today. This program is brought to you by the Master of Business Operational Excellence. Welcome to There's a Better Way. I'm here with uh, Billy Taylor, Global Head of Diversity and Inclusion at the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. Welcome to the program, Billy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Billy, for our listeners out there, can you tell us more about what do you do when, uh, I know you've been in Goodyear for a long time. Tell us more about what are the other roles that you did at Goodyear. Uh, I actually, uh, my career with Goodyear uh, was extensively around operations. So I came into Goodyear as a uh, operations lead or a management training program and I've actually been plant manager of our largest plants from Lawton, Oklahoma, where we had approximately 3,000 associates, and we produced 65,000 tires a day. Uh, from that, I ran North America commercial operations. Uh, and, and then um, a year ago, I was looking for a change um, uh, and then moved into diversity and inclusion, where we're building processes using operational excellence, the tools and systems there, in a whole different function, and, and so that's what I'm doing now. Great. So we could actually talk a whole day about your career at uh, uh, Goodyear, but let's focus our conversation today on this whole topic of diversity and inclusion and how you're doing it. So in fact, I know you always talk about this idea behind um, cultural intelligence, and that's something that uh, people are not used to it. So what is cultural intelligence, Billy? Well, cultural intelligence uh, it's the, the ability to function well in different environments that are made up from different cultural backgrounds, different different people's experiences. And, and how does a leader come in and assess that culture and the need of the culture? And it's sheer, culture, uh, cultural intelligence helps shift your organization from a my way to our way. And so it, it, it actually gets, it, it has, the leader gets a good understanding of what the cultural uh, need is, what's the cultural environment, what drives the culture, and, and what actions needs, that, that needs to be taken to actually execute your strategy. Okay. So in, in your examples, Billy, can you give me an example of how this all plays uh, uh, in, in, in an organization? And more importantly, why is this important for an organization? Very good. And actually, I'll tie it back to some personal experiences. That'd be great. Um, when I went into different organizations, specifically, I remember going into Tyler, Texas. It was a plant that wasn't running particularly well. Um, and I went in, we had some cultural issues. And so as a leader, it wasn't a one, one, one size fits all for how you're treating people and uh, how you're executing strategy. So as a leader, I had to come in and assess what's the actual culture. Uh, right. I have an Asian background. I have an Indian background. I have a African-American background. I have a heavy female population uh, of workers. How do I blend all those from a cultural perspective to have one good year way? And from that, 
there were different team meetings. There were different tools used to assess what the organization needed from uh, engagement surveys and things of that nature. And from that, we were able to build an inclusive operational excellence uh, system for driving continuous improvement. And so we had the weekly meetings where those people and those teams were assembled with people from different backgrounds, but we also knew how to treat those people and how to respect their differences. And, and, and by having the cultural awareness, uh, we report out every week. And so from that, each team member would have to report out on their process, uh, their, their achievements, but it was required that those teams stayed together for a period of time. And so it, it could be six months. This, this team would do 12 different projects. Uh, and from that, we were able to develop some of the best leaders in our company. It seems so easy, at least from a listening standpoint, but I can tell you, Billy, like this is tough, right? As you were doing this back uh, at Texas, what were some challenges that you faced? Because as you mentioned, it's it's so diverse group of people, yet they all bring in some exceptional capabilities to the organization. So how do you actually, uh, what are some resistances you face and how do you actually manage them? Well, some of the challenges that, were fa- that, that we were faced with were, people being comfortable around people like them. Uh, and, and I say people like them, that doesn't mean a specific demographic. If, if I'm an athlete, I'm comfortable around athletes. If I'm, if I'm from this background, I'm comfortable around that background. And what that leads to from a challenge perspective is those people start to focus on the source of the idea rather than the quality of the solution. And so those, I, some of the best ideas were probably shut out. They weren't allowed at the table to drive continuous improvement. With this process, how we handle it, right? They were valid members of those teams and their ideas um, were not only presented, but accepted. And from that, culturally, the differences uh, that those people brought to the table were embraced because they helped us as a company get better. We talked about 5S. We talked about our, our whatever tool you use, whether it's A3, uh, your DMAIC process. Again, you want inclusiveness. How do you marry the tool with the people uh, and, and embrace their different backgrounds? And what we saw was some of the best ideas to eliminate constraints uh, we had ever seen. Uh, it, it was actually used uh, by Ellis Jones, who's an MBOE graduate, uh, whom helped trans- transition our innovation center. Uh, he used cultural intelligence as a core of how he was assessing his organization, right, to shape expectations, to drive his strategy. And what, what that led to, I think he and I were walking recently, the janitors were involved in his continu- continuous improvement journeys. Mm, interesting, Billy. In fact, like you mentioned about this whole idea of uh, <clears throat> using cultural intelligence and and using it to actually uh, empower front lines in a way that they speak up and and share some of their best ideas. Is that a is that a process around it? I know you mentioned about A threes. You mentioned about uh, using five S. But is that a process that uh, our listeners out there, if they let's say they want to like inculcate this cultural intelligence and inclusiveness in their organization, what should they do? Well, one of the things we do is a what 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 I did personally 
was walking to an, under, uh, an organization and I, I, I was seeking to understand before I sought to change anything. And so when I sought to understand, I did an assessment around drive, right? What drives this organization? Hmm. Uh, and what are some of the things we have to adapt to from a multicultural perspective? Because that was stage one. Stage two was once I had that information, what did I do with that knowledge? Right? What did I do with that knowledge about what was working, what wasn't working? What did we need to start, stop, and continue doing? And so how do we blend that together from a knowledge perspective to help us go and develop a strategy? And so we were considering all of these differences within these strategies. And why was that important was our philosophy was you cannot manage a secret. And people will not put the dead fish on the table. And if you don't do that, you have a bigger problem to what's really stinking up your organization. <laughs> so at that point, we looked at mm, by embracing the cultural differences and creating an inclusive environment. Now, here's how we can go better execute our strategy, leveraging our culture, because what we said was, you know, we've heard the cliche, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. You've heard a lot of those, those, those uh, quotes. But what we found was culture actually controls your strategy, hmm. right? Your, your awareness and your ability to plan for multicultural interactions are critical to executing your strategy. That is great. In fact, like I like this idea as culture defining your strategy and, mm-hmm. and the things that you mentioned about, like, again, just don't go into any organization as a leader and say, I'm going to change things. The first thing that you mentioned is I'm going to go and observe. I'm going to yes. learn about the cultural differences and then use that to my strength and then like align it with the strategy. In fact, mm-hmm. that's where my next question to you comes in, Billy. I know like you talk about this, like measuring culture and you even bring in this idea of like a moving away from KPIs or key performance indicators to doing yes. something else, right? Can you tell us more about that? Because that's one way to think about how do I measure it? Absolutely. So once we've developed this process and here's what, 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 we, what, what we, we built, and this is in the HR realm now for operational excellence. We started out with what's our purpose. So we developed what's called a purpose map. Mm-hmm. And this purpose map, it considered the internal factors that would cause you to be successful are the external factors. And then what we identified was what were our objectives? What were we trying to solve for? And from that, we moved to what's called a KPAs. So there are key performance actions rather than key performance indicators, right? The key performance actions are what we do. The KPIs are what we get. And so let's just use it in an analogy. If I would like to lose weight mm-hmm. now, I can stand on the scale every morning and look down. That's a KPI and wonder what's going on. Why aren't we making improvements? Or I can focus on KPAs that says if, I don't eat after, eat after 8 p.m. I eat 2,000 calories a day. I get in 10,000 steps a day. And I do these four things repeatedly and I trend them. I have the highest probability of achieving my KPI. Now, next step, we move to an action register that's accompanied by pictures because we want extreme ownership that says, let's go back and look at those KPAs that said, did we do what we said we were going to do? And if we did, what's the impact? Hmm. And when do we have to change from a, the action register perspective? 
Now, why is it important to put the pictures there? That's like visual management. Mm -hmm. And we believe in the absence of ownership comes blame. Mm -hmm. And when people don't know what they own inside your strategy, then your strategy is a secret. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what I said. You cannot manage a secret. And that's why most strategies fail. That's why most lean journeys fail. Because people do not know what they own inside the strategy, inside the daily management system. And so, therefore, you don't get the expected results. And then the last piece of it is the communication piece. That's the cultural piece. If you do not communicate effectively to your organization, they will define as well as create the communication loop. Okay. So it's it's very clear to me now, like moving away from KPIs to KPAs alone is not enough. Now, along with that, you've got to, as an organizational leader, you've got to put those processes and, and ways to measure them, as you've talked about visually in place, and then also use the culture to enable those actions in a way that you're meeting your goals. Absolutely. Okay. So, so let, can you give me an example of this, Billy? I've heard you give several examples in the past of how this KPA could help an organization and how moving away from KPI would be useful. Can you just give me an example of that? Absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll, and I'll use it in the context of diversity and inclusion. We have what's called employee resource groups. Mm-hmm. We have the Goodyear Women's Network, the Goodyear Veterans Association, Goodyear Black Network, Next Generation, our Goodyear Pride Network, and our OLA, our Hispanic and Latino network, and AIM, which is our Asia, India, and Middle East. Now, let's just, I'll use the example of my strategy, and I'm going to have humor with this, so please don't take it word for word. I'm just having fun. Okay. Uh, but if, if I have seven employee resource groups, mm-hmm. and my goal is to lose 70 pounds, okay? Mm-hmm. If I have seven, that means each one of those ERGs must lose a minimum of 10 pounds each mm-hmm. for me to get my 70. Now, let's go back to the enterprise. I can't be successful unless those ERGs are successful. Mm. So in essence, I'm working for them. They're not working for me. Mm. I'm enabling them so that we can be successful, but I have to respect those cultural differences. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some stereotypes in here just to have fun. Okay, mm-hmm. let's just start with the Goodyear Veterans Network. Well, they love to eat high protein foods. They like to work out, which is high calorie content. Mm-hmm. But I have to respect that because they need to be physically fit to go into battle mm-hmm. as veterans or whatever. Next generation, they eat everything. They eat at 3 a.m. They're the young generation, Taco Bell, McDonald's, whatever. They just eat, eat, eat. Okay, <laughs> but I have to respect that. All right. Hispanics. Okay. Tortillas. Uh, they like high carb foods. Blacks. They like hot fried foods. Mm. There are differences from a culture perspective of traditionally what they like to eat. But the goal is to lose how much? Seven. 10 pounds. We have a common purpose. We have a common goal in the process. And I have actually a picture on my wall of the process. And now once I respect those differences, those teams come to the table and now they tell me we all have a purpose. Mm -hmm. What's the purpose of Goodyear Women's Network to attract female talent? 
What's the purpose of the Goodyear Black Network to attract black talent? What's the purpose of the Veterans Association to attract veteran talent? What's the purpose of Next Generation to attract millennials? You follow where I'm going with this? Absolutely. It's a purpose. Now we are aligned. What's Billy's purpose as the chief diversity leader in our company is to attract the best talent. Mm -hmm. So now I'm getting the best talent out of every employee resource group. Now let's move to a KPA. Mm. Now it's important that you do one required networking event every quarter. Mm. So now instead of being, you know, saying we're huddling up in this demographic, now it's comfortable because it's part of the strategy that you network every quarter. Mm. It's required that you do one learning and development opportunity or action every quarter. It's required that you go out into the community of that demographic and serve a minimum of 1,000 hours every year. Hmm. Now, what that does is it engages the associate, it develops the associates, and it creates a comfort zone so you can come to work at your very best. Hmm. This is a great example because what you just told us is basically you're taking the actions and you're making those actions to be customized to those individual groups and having those actions drive their behaviors. So if you think about what you just said, the uh, having them actually go back and do social work in a community is not only going to make them happy as they come back to work, but also enrich that community so that they're going to be future generations of people coming and working at Goodyear. So instead of just measuring the number of people or doing some thing, you're getting into the actions. Absolutely. And I'm also measuring their impact. And one of the things that I I just, I don't mean to interrupt, but it's critical through my experience in operational excellence. The team collaboration has become a significant aspect for the success, not only of businesses, but the enterprise. Mm -hmm. This cannot happen if organizations do not have the resources, knowledge, and talents from different cultural backgrounds. Mm -hmm. This is very, very important, Billy. What you just told me about is the team aspect of it is very crucial. In fact, I've heard you talk several times about this team um, back, the basketball team analogy, right? Do you want to share that with our listeners? Because I think uh, that's a great way to think about this. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, I I actually have a a very good friend, uh, Coach Drew Joyce, who's actually LeBron James's um, high school coach and is a very, very, uh, effective mentor of talent, diverse talent. Uh, Drew had uh, his son, little Drew, played with LeBron, and in this game, they were actually getting ready to lose, and, and they're playing for the state championship. Their coach had the humility as a leader to look for the best solution. Mm-hmm. Now, most coaches would look for that 6'11", 6'4", athlete. He looked down uh, his bench and found a four foot eleven solution. Mm-hmm. Okay, little Drew, and you can see this on, um, you can go to YouTube and the videos out there uh, from ESPN. Uh, he puts in his kid and people are laughing at him. They thought the ball boy had checked in. Mm-hmm. And this little kid checks in very calm. All right. His coach had created an environment uh, from a cultural perspective that he was accepted. He was embraced. He goes in and hits six three-pointers. Uh, in a row, I think within six minutes, hmm. and they're up now, and they're they go on to win the game. Now, when they at that time they had the best player in the country on their team, but at that moment, 
by himself, LeBron was not the answer. Hmm. Collectively, it required that you bring in different backgrounds, different talents, right? Different attributes to be the best. And so therefore, they win the game. But most companies, leaders get comfortable and complacent based on what they're comfortable with and what good, what they perceive good to look like when you don't have that cultural intelligence to say, here's what we need. Hmm. This is a great story, but again, for listeners out there, I've watched his um, video. It's a phenomenal way of uh, nicely summarizing what Billy is talking about in terms of that inclusiveness. Because a couple of things for me, when I watched his video time, again and again, comes to my mind. It's not just the coach identifies this talent. That that is every good leader can do that. It's that safety environment where Drew comes in and then like does this six times, six three-pointers in a row, mm-hmm. that tells you that Drew has confidence in his team That's right. to be safe. And That's that right. is what you're talking about, uh, this whole cultural intelligence and inclusiveness is, it's that safety environment brings the best in these individuals who can add value back to the organization. Outstanding point you just made, because uh, when that, the, the safety aspect uh, from a mindset, is just as critical as it is from a physical perspective. And when associates feel safe, they will share things with you. They will share their best ideas, and they will also share with you things that could prohibit or or constrain your organization. And so you have to create that that safe environment for people to come to work and be their very best. And I really, really, like, I want to know we're running out of time, but I really think you summarized it very nicely, Billy, about this whole aspect of leader, thinking about the um, inclusivity as well as creating that safe culture and working on actions more than indicators is one way to promote cultural intelligence back in the organization. Absolutely. So, so and, and I want to tie that back to operational excellence. I've had multiple assignments. I was plant manager in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, That plant had a very impactful turnaround that was featured in Business Excellence Magazine. Now, when I first went to that plant, I was afraid. I thought, wow, Hmm. this is going to be challenging. A union facility that's traditionally uh, ran bad over a period of three to five years. And my first day, I went to night shift and I walked around. And when I looked at gimbal walks, gimbal walks should be also focused on the culture, mm. not just the issue, right? And, and when you're doing gimbal walks, uh, you're identifying not only what the issue is, but you're also uh, in, a, in a position to assess your culture. Mm. And, and so what does the organization need? Now, when I did my gimbal walks, uh, it, it, it's, it's a joke today. But I was with a high-ranking union official, and I asked the question, approximately how many people work here, hmm. work here at this plant? And, and he kind of looked at me with a, with a chuckle on his face, and he goes, you want me to be honest? And I said, yes. He says, about half of them. Hmm. I said, about half of them? What do you mean? I'm thinking 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people. He's telling me about the effort I'm getting. Hmm. And I asked, so why do you, why did you say it like that? And he says, you asked me the question. Hmm. 
we have created a culture where people don't know what they really own, but they believe that they're doing their very best. And I thought, wow, <laughs> that's why we need visual management. Hmm. That's why we need to let the operator put the operation operator in a position where they think like a CEO and that piece of equipment is now their business. Hmm. And they own the results versus reporting the results. Wow. Hmm. When we did that, the whole environment started to shift. Hmm. And it went from me pushing them to get better to them pulling me to enable them to be better. Hmm. Right? That's a culture shift because cultural intelligence, really, it's the ability for people and organizations to relate culturally to culturally diverse situations and people hmm. from different backgrounds and then help them work effectively within those cultures. Hmm. Right? Because if I go to a, uh, if I move into a new neighborhood and I, and I use this example, or if you go to a new company, let's just say I'm going to a new company hmm. as an African American, who am I going to ask where to go get my haircut? Think about that for a minute. Sure. I mean, another person, another African-American, right? No, why, absolutely. So why would I do that? Because it's comfortable. It's safe. Mm -hmm. It's safe until yeah. I create that environment that I offer all of that up. Mm -hmm. That's why some people decide what companies are going to go work for or not. They're assessing the culture before they get there. Yeah. And so cultural intelligence helps you divine your operating systems your daily management systems, how you communicate to people, not only what you say, but what they hear. Mm -hmm. and, and so cultural intelligence helps you shape your whole organization toward a continuous improvement mindset. Mm. That is a very nice way to end our podcast, Billy, about how cultural intelligence is a way to think about and change the mindset of our, every organization. So I know we ran out of time, so I really want to Thank you, Billy, for taking some time and chatting with us about this cultural intelligence. I enjoyed this conversation, and I'm sure our listeners are going to have a blast listening to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of There's a Better Way. To listen to our other episodes and for more information on the Master of Business and Operational Excellence, please visit go.osu.edu backslash M-B-O-E.